Lord, our Abba and our Creator, our Redeemer in Jesus, and our Sanctifier in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you and praise you for this day of worship, where your people gather around the world, around your word and sacrament, around you, O God, to celebrate this your grace and mercy to us. We thank you for the gift of your holy words, for they are indeed a light, a lamb and a lantern, unto our feet and unto our paths, and a joy and strength, and a source of comfort and consolation to our hearts. So now as we look to your words, as we reflect on them, we pray that you speak to us. Open our minds and our ears to hear and to do what you have commanded us. Because you did so in love. So that our lives will be a blessed one and be a blessing to others. This we give thanks and pray. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reflection for this morning is based on the first part of the Gospel reading from St. Luke chapter 17 with the theme, God, the mustard seed and the mulberry or the sycamore tree. Now verses 5 and 6 reads as follows. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. Jesus replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, or sycamore tree, or sycamore tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Now many around sermons have been preached on these two most oftenly misunderstood verses. And such false wrong sermons are based on a false understanding of what Jesus was trying to say here. So let's look at, look at it a little, bit, a little bit more closer. Let me begin with a true story. A true story of toll of allied forces sweeping across Germany at the end of World War II. For the Allied forces searched farms and houses looking for snipers. At one abandoned house, almost a heap of rubble, searchers with flashlights found their way to the basement. There, on the crumbling wall, a victim of the Holocaust, part of the six million Jews who died in Auschwitz, a victim of the Holocaust had scratched a star of David, a star of David, the symbol of Israel, and beneath it, in rough lettering, the following words or the message. It said, I believe in the sun, even when it does not shine. I believe in love, even when it's not shown. I believe in God even when he does not speak. My dear friends, 
That is a very profound faith. Now note, I didn't say big faith. I did say a very profound faith. Now so three things can be said about this passage on faith from Luke chapter 17. <coughs> Firstly, all we need is a tiny faith. Not a great faith. Unfortunately, this is not what is preached by clergy in many of our churches. But many so-called miracle workers or evangelists, the minute they lay hands, you don't fall down or sort of this rubbish called slain by the Spirit. You know, and then to say that no, you don't have enough faith. That is rubbish. Utter rubbish. If we are to follow exactly what Jesus said here in this passage. All we need is a tiny faith, not a great faith. Most of these people talk about the need for a bigger and greater faith. Especially in donating money to the pastor. Ah, so I'm here this morning. For example, the televangelist, the crook, called Jesse Duplantis, he asked for 54 U.S. Oh, you really got the jet there. <laughs> he asked for U.S. $54 million to buy a private jet. You know why? He said, nowadays, Jesus won't be riding on a donkey. Then Crawford Dollar, the mega church pastor and preacher of prosperity gospel, asked his members to help him give 65 US million dollars to buy this exotic Gulfstream G650 private jet. And the worst part is that they are just telling the members as to how they couldn't possibly fly with everyone else. They are just explaining why they can't fly with the demons who is in the cockpit. That is the captain and the co-pilot. The stewards and the stewardesses. And other people who are sitting in the airplane. They are all demons. They cannot fly with these people. Why you put me on economy class? Huh? <laughs> I'm sitting with such I am one of them. So you see, they come up with ridiculous excuses trying to ask people to give to them in faith. And these members are so stupid. So gullible, and they give. I'm so surprised they can expect the explanation why their pastors can't fly with demons on commercial aircrafts. They ask their members to have more and greater faith in donating their money to them. But that's not what Jesus is teaching here. The disciples ask Jesus. Increase our faith. That was their cry. But their cry is not because they need money to buy jet. It's because they're feeling the heavy burden of Jesus' teaching. Because Jesus' teaching, the teachings are tough. Very tough and hard indeed. The feeling, the burden of being a leader in the faith. The disciples knew that they needed help. So do I. And my prayer 
It's same with the disciples because I also don't understand at times. I do it out of my ignorance. Lord, please increase my faith. Lord, please increase my faith. They knew that they couldn't do it on their own. So they asked for more faith. And they thought that the solution or the answer was more faith. And I myself would be asking for the same thing. But what did Jesus say? What does he do? What Jesus said was radical. They only needed a very tiny faith. Secondly, faith equal mustard seed versus a mulberry or the sycamore tree. In verse 6, our Lord Jesus points to the mustard seed and to the sycamore tree or the mulberry tree. Now why in the world does Jesus start talking about mustard seeds and the sycamore trees when all the disciples wanted and all we wanted was more faith? Why does he talk about a seed and a tree? Well, the mustard seed is easy. Jesus is telling us it doesn't require a great deal of faith to be patient, to forgive, and to live a blessed Christian life. So you see, this is a different meaning to this passage. And that's what we need to discern. Jesus is telling us that just a speck of faith is all that it takes to be a patient, loving, and forgiving person. And Jesus is telling them that they already have enough or sufficient faith. They already have enough. He's telling them that it doesn't require a great deal of faith to do the impossible. Another true story is told of how during World War I, a young man offered to bring one of his comrades who lay grievously wounded. The officer said, you can go. But he said, it's not worth it. Your friend is probably killed already. And you will throw your own life away. But the young man went. And somehow he managed to get to his friend, hoist him onto his shoulder and bring him back to the trenches. The officer said, I told you, it wouldn't be worth it. Your friend is dead and you are mortally wounded. And the young man said, it was worth it though, sir. The officer then asked, how do you mean worth it? I tell you, your friend is dead. Yes, sir. My friend is dead, the young man answered. But it was worth it because when I got to him, when he was still alive, he said to me, Jim, I knew you would come. Jim, I knew you would come. That's the faith Jim had in this young man. All that is necessary, my dear friends, as Jesus says here, is for a person to put their faith in God into action. That's what matters here. Putting that tiny little faith into action. Once you do that, then the impossible can happen. So to describe the impossible, Jesus points to the example of a sycamore tree. Jesus tells them that they all have enough faith. They all have enough faith 
to pull up a sycamore tree with its roots and then plant it into the sea, where it will of course completely die. Now I have heard stories of uh, people who made a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. It's another comical story of how some of these pilgrims try to do the same in the Holy Land. They go to a sycamore tree and they say be uprooted and go into the sea. That is misplaced faith. There's a wrong understanding of this passage. So, Jesus tells them, by pointing to the example of the sycamore tree, that they all have enough faith to pull up a sycamore tree with all its roots and then plant it into the sea, where it will, of course, completely die. This all sounds rather silly, as, silly to us today, or irrelevant. But there is much more at play here in Jesus using the picture or the image of the sycamore tree. So thirdly and finally, we become to the symbolism of the seed and the tree. Just as a mustard seed was a symbol referring to something very small, the sycamore tree was a symbol of unforgiveness and bitterness. Now, have you wondered why Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree? Now, those of us who've been to the Holy Land would have noticed that there were many other trees in that vicinity. But why did Zacchaeus chose a sycamore tree and why of all people Jesus deliberately chose to speak to Zacchaeus even though there were many others in the crowd. Because, my dear friends, the sycamore tree was a picture or a spiritual symbol of Zacchaeus himself. Bear in mind that Zacchaeus was a tax collector and considered a great sinner. He was a very bitter person, just like the sycamore tree. He was bitter because he was disliked by his own people. Moreover, there was unforgiveness in him. He cheated the people to increase taxation and commission, and he never felt guilty. That was until Jesus met him. We read of this story in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, Rabbi has gone to be the guest of a worse sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too, is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man 
came to seek and to save what was lost. The difference. The sycamore tree was known for some great characteristics. They are easy to grow, but they are almost impossible to kill. Almost impossible. They are able to produce fruit at least four and as many as six times a year. They seem like the perfect fruit tree. But there is one major drawback. Sycamore fruit is bitter, tart and pungent. And the sycamore's tree wood was porous, which made it very durable. The sycamore tree was so porous and durable that it was used to make coffin. You see now the bigger picture, what Jesus is trying to say here. Don't believe in any other interpretation. There's a deeper message that Jesus is trying to bring here. Because of those things, the sycamore tree became a symbol of a life filled with bitterness and unforgiveness and even a symbol of death. Its ability to grow anywhere and everywhere was exactly like that of bitterness and unforgiveness in us. Its fruit was exactly like the fruits of bitterness and unforgiveness. Always plentiful, but you can't eat. Bitter, tart and pungent. Left alone, the spirit of unforgiveness and bitterness will lead a person to an early death. Psychologists will tell you that. Like a coffin, a spirit of bitterness and unforgiveness will envelop a person's life. See, the disciples worried about exactly what Jesus is talking about here in this passage. But when Jesus started talking about the sycamore tree, they knew exactly where Jesus is going. In conclusion, the disciples wanted more faith. They wanted to be like Jesus. But he told them they already have enough faith. We do not need a bigger and greater faith, my friends. That's a good news for you and me. All we need is a tiny faith. But that faith that must be put into action. The disciples had watched as Jesus dealt with people who were slow to learn, who made him angry and frustrated. They had watched as they saw Jesus' patience and how people, especially religious leaders, tested his soul only to watch him to be able to reach out in love, grace and mercy. So the disciples wanted what Jesus possessed, and they thought it was greater faith. But Jesus tells them that with the amount of faith that anyone can possess, with the amount of a mustard seed, that person can do the impossible. They can take the sycamore trees of bitterness and unforgiveness that try to grow in a person's life and get rid of them. They can uproot them and plant them into the sea but they will die because the sea is salt, salty waters. That is the meaning behind this passage. By faith, picking up our spiritual sycamore trees, 
roots and all, and plunge them in salty sea waters. In the sea, these trees won't be able to grow. Remember, I did say they grow very easily, but very, very difficult to kill. But in the sea, these trees won't be able to grow and would quickly wither and die. Even the roots would die as they tried to live on salt water. How did Jesus do it? The same we have to. He had faith in God, he had faith in himself, and he had faith in others, like you and me. He didn't worry about how much faith he had. He was concerned about putting his faith into action. Each day, each moment, every step for him was a step in faith. And for us too, my dear friends, this day, each day, each moment, each step is a step in faith. This morning, as we accept Christ's invitation to the holy altar to receive his holy body and blood, let us come forward for a tiny mustard seed faith. Let us come knowing that God has already enabled us with his power and presence needed to walk the life of faith. That's all we need. God with our side. Let us come knowing that God had already provided for us enough faith to practice patience, love, and forgiveness. And when we do that with God, nothing is impossible. Let us pray. Lord, this is a very deep, profound, and powerful teaching that you give to your disciples. But that which has been wrongly interpreted and falsely taught in many of our churches, in many of the so-called pastors, evangelists, medical workers. Lord, help us to see how you saw it, O God, to learn from it, how all we need is a tiny faith. And with a tiny faith being put into action, we can get rid of all the sycamore trees in our lives. The trees of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of anger. Yes, Lord. We can do that with a tiny faith that you've already given us and that all that is needed for each step and each day of our lives. Help us to believe that sincerely and truly. In Jesus' name. Amen.